It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, friends? Welcome back to another Monday edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, brought to you by our friends at Pepsi, made for football watching. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Back at it again here on a Monday. We are two games now into the season, and the Panthers still have a big goose egg on the win column as they fell to 0-2 on the season after losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday by a score of 31-17, to which means I was pretty close on my score prediction. I said it'd be 31-21, um, and it almost did because the Panthers, you know, were, were uh, driving a bit, but uh, had the drive kind of stall out and had to settle for a field goal. So it almost became 31-21, um, but uh, overall, another... Up and down game for the Carolina Panthers. Ugly first half, of course. I mean, uh, a couple of turnovers, you know, um, a bad bad interception by Teddy Bridgewater on that screen to Christian McCaffrey that sailed over him a little bit and was picked off by uh, Jordan Whitehead. Um, Panthers offense, you know, they, they struggled a little bit again in the first half and, uh, you know, two turnovers both led to uh, a quick 14 points for the Buccaneers in the first quarter and then wound up going up 21 nothing at halftime. But the second half, I mean, the Panthers, you know, they're fighters. We, we've seen these first two games. They, they are fighters. They're not going to go down. They're not just going to lay down for anybody. We saw it last week uh, in the... Um, in the opener against the Raiders. I mean, they fought hard, of course, to the bitter end. And then, you know, we saw it this week. They tried clawing their way back. Uh, you know, ended up outscoring the Buccaneers in the second half, 17-10. to 10. Uh, Really, really held the Buccaneers' offense well. I mean, the Buccaneers really didn't move the ball much in the second half, you know, save for a couple big plays. Uh, they had that early turnover on the... 
on the Bucks. You know, that interception where they got a little bit of pressure on Tom Brady and he sailed a pass over Rob Gronkowski's head that was uh that was ultimately picked off. So, you know, they uh they showed some fight. You know, it's just a matter of just a couple of these drives now they just got to finish, right? They did that against the Raiders and we saw one last week uh or we saw one yesterday against the Bucks that they just need to finish. You know, it's really now just about turning some of those three-point drives into seven-point drives. Um but you know, they they kicked the field goal late in the game that got them within 24-17. They had a shot uh, went for the onside kick, didn't get it, but they still had two timeouts left, so you know they still had a shot. But then Leonard Fournette in just one play breaks right through, and uh, that was pretty much the death knell to the game. That put the Bucks up 31-17, and uh, the Panthers did drive late, ended up falling a couple yards short of the end zone when time ran out. So, I mean, th- this team has some firepower to them, and you know the offense just looks really. It, it looks pretty good right now, especially again, especially in the second half. Um, ultimately, it was a, a a decent game, I guess we'll say, especially looking at the numbers for Teddy Bridgewater. He ended up 33 of 42 for 367 yards and two interceptions. And the Panthers did have two receivers, both go for over 100 yards on Sunday, DJ Moore, 120 yards on eight catches. Robbie Anderson, 109 yards on nine catches. Those two actually ended up combining for 23 targets. I think the the number that stands out most to me, though, is that Curtis Samuel only ended up with two targets in the passing game. I thought that was rather interesting. He did catch both of them for 13 yards. Uh, he was actually more involved in the, the run game. In fact, his numbers... Uh, or, or doubled uh, in the run game. He had four carries for 26 yards, so a couple end-arounds. Um, but it's just rather interesting to me. Maybe that was just the game plan. You know, maybe, um, you know, clearly Moore and Anderson obviously were the top guys. I mean, again, they combined for 13 targets. And then actually Mike Davis was the th- third most targeted receiver on Sunday with eight targets. And that, of course, leads to what became the big story for the Panthers coming out of Sunday, and that is the potential injury or the potential um, missing, we'll say, over the next couple of games. Ended up getting work in this game and why he ended up with eight targets in this game catching all eight of them, actually, for 72 yards and also had uh, one carry. Uh, I think it was on, I think it was that fourth down attempt that they tried running. You know, they got a little creative, I guess we'll say, on some of these fourth downs with the the run to Mike Davis and then a fake punt, uh, neither of which converted. But, again, the big story right now, Christian McCaffrey suffered an ankle injury. He'll have an MRI on Monday uh, to determine the severity of, of the injury so obviously at this point questionable at best now uh for next week which should be another interesting game against the los angeles chargers and that's going to be another tough one especially in protecting teddy bridgewater because um 
it's it was another week of Teddy Bridgewater getting you know rattled a, a little bit. Well, actually, the first week I should say they really didn't get him rattled too much last week, only allowing one sack against the Raiders. Uh, but Tampa Bay was all over this Panthers off, at least the the offensive line sacking Teddy Bridgewater five times in this one. While once again the Panthers failed to generate a sack on the opposing quarterback. So through two weeks now, the Panthers have have combined for zero sacks uh, in this NFL season on, on opposing quarterbacks. They did get pressure on, on Brady a little bit. Again, it was you know some pressure on him that caused the errant throw on uh, what eventually became the interception you know, with the, the, the sailed throw on Rob Ronkowski that was picked up by Dante Jackson, who had himself a, a pretty solid game. But you still eventually got to get to the quarterback. You know, it's not good that it's two weeks in a row um, with, without a sack. And allowing five sacks, and again, this is, you know, a really good Buccaneers defense for sure. And that's worrisome because you're going up against, obviously, another fierce pass rushing duo next week in uh, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram when you go on the road to face the Chargers. So uh, th- this offense or this offensive line just has to to pick up their game, and and that run run defense has to get better. You know they've let uh, you know we expected Josh Jacobs to kind of run wild on them, and then um, you know Leonard Fournette he finally broke out, and Ronald Jones still had a a pretty decent game even in limited work. Now you're going up against uh, two good running backs, obviously a really good pass catching back in Austin Eckler, and then an up, up and coming one in Joshua Kelly. So uh, a lot of weapons, and then of course Keenan Allen on the outside. So a lot of stuff to be worried about here with the Chargers. Uh, so uh, it, it's a little concerning. The big question, of course, right now with the Chargers is who's going to be the starting quarterback? Are they going to go back to Tyrod Taylor if he's healthy? Or are they going to stick with Justin Herbert, who actually performed quite well in his rookie debut, which was unexpected, but it turned out Tyrod Taylor had a chest injury, and that's why he didn't play and why Justin Herbert got the start. But, you know, that's for next week. Again, going back to yesterday, got to get pressure on the quarterback, and Tom Brady uh, made them pay for it. You know, they... Again, a lot of short game stuff, kind of similar to what the Raiders did in week one. A lot of short stuff, but a couple of deep bombs got them too. So, but the secondary played better. Absolutely. You know, Rasul Douglas leading the way with uh, seven tackles. So again, for a guy that just came over to the team a week before the regular season started, Rasul Douglas has had a good first two games uh, with the with the Panthers. And so of course, you know, he got the start over uh Troy Pride Jr. You know, he Pride was in there a little bit, but with Dante Jackson back in, they decided to go with Jackson and Rasul Douglas, which was probably the better probably the better move anyway. Uh Rasul Douglas had a, a strong opener and you want Pride to still develop a little bit. It probably wasn't you know, you were kind of throwing him to the wolves and like we talked about, it's it's a tough run of uh, opposing wide receivers that this team's going up against in the first couple weeks of the season because they 
you know, they're coming off facing Mike Evans yesterday. They'll have Keenan Allen and company next week. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, in week four. And then, of course, all the Falcons receivers in week five. And even week six, you know, the Bears have gotten off to a decent start. You know, we'll... You know, who knows still what's going on between the Bears and Allen Robinson, but Bears are 2-0. and We'll see how they are when we get to week six. So, And then by week seven, when they face the Saints, could Michael Thomas be back by then? It's possible. And then you got the Falcons again, the Chiefs, I mean, and then the Buccaneers again. I mean, it's just uh, it's going to be a lot of tests for this uh, young Panthers secondary. But Rasul Douglas has stepped up. And so I think they've found themselves a um, a decent uh, starting duo at the cornerback position. But again, another solid game for Rasul Douglas uh, with seven uh, seven tackles. Dante Jackson, of course, had the interception. So a good good first game after the in- after leaving last week with the injury. So I mean, a lot of positives. Jeremy Chin, another good game with six tackles. So a lot of positives uh, to take away from this game. You know, we, we hate talking about moral victories, but, you know, you still like some of the things that you liked, especially in the second half. You like some of the things that the Panthers did. The offense opened up a little bit. Uh, the defense kind of held the Buccaneers in check, again, only holding them to 10 points, and seven of those came with less than two minutes left in the game. So, if, you know, you're talking a span of, what 28 minutes basically they held the bucks to three points after the bucks jumped out 21 nothing on this team in the first half so you like some of the stuff you're seeing you like some of the building blocks that are uh that are being set up with this team but obviously again still a lot to work on rush defense has to get picked up and uh they still have to get they still have to get to the quarterback they still have to at least register a sack you know pressures are nice but eventually we want to see that quarterback going down at some point as well so hopefully it starts next week whether it's against again either Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert whatever the Chargers decide to do gonna take a quick break to shout out a couple great sponsors before we continue on first our friends over at Visa Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. So the next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because how and where you shop or where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. And our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Of course, the new and improved Built Bar, even more deliciouser than before with six brand new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and of course, the 12 original flavors 
that you all know and love. Built Bars are healthy, great for the health-conscious guy, as you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a del- delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high in fiber, and great for a keto diet. And again, don't just take my word for it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you will get $10 off your next order. So again, BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, $10 off at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Funnily enough, right as I'm talking, or right as I was uh, finishing up here, just before we did that, I was scrolling social media. So a bit of a live reaction here. We did. I did just get a tweet from Adam Schefter, or we, or we just got, not necessarily me, but we all got a tweet from Adam Schefter. Uh, so this was about uh, late Monday morning. Adam Schefter reporting that Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey is expected to be sidelined multiple weeks. And he put that in quotation marks. Multiple weeks with the an- ankle injury he suffered Sunday per source. So there you go. Um, so unfortunately it is fairly serious he's going to be out multiple weeks so uh it's going to be the mike davis show now for the time being with uh with trenton cannon as the backup i imagine uh you know it's certainly possible the panthers now will call up uh and of course you know we you have the short-term ir now uh where it can only be three weeks or it only has to be three weeks so that's an option for the panthers and you could certainly see reggie bonifan now get the call up to the 53-man roster, or at least be one of those practice squad call-ups each, well, two times, I should say. You can only do it twice per player before you have to give him an active roster contract. But that's an option, but boy, obviously that's that's a big hit, no doubt. So, and, you know, this, this was why we talked a little bit during the offseason about that number two running back position because, you know, you wanted to knock on wood. You didn't want to see it, but uh, obviously there was always the possibility that in case McCaffrey does go down, who's going to fill in for him? And now that has, ha- that has become a reality. So Mike Davis now is in line for plenty of work, but, you know, Mike Davis had himself a solid camp in uh, – or a solid training camp and a solid offseason – and really earned that number two role. So, you know, and he's he's obviously a veteran. Um, doesn't really have a lot of miles on his legs either. So he should he should be fairly fresh. Um, so ex- expect to see him get a bit of work. Obviously, maybe not to the extent that Christian McCaffrey was, though. Again, we did see him catch eight passes on Sunday, so he'll certainly be utilized in the uh, the passing game as well. Um, but the offense obviously takes a down step or, uh, you know, uh, a step down. So this is a tough one. 
Um, and who knows what multiple weeks means. You know, is that two weeks? Is it four weeks? Is it six weeks? You know, what what exactly is it? We, we have no idea. But um, obviously that means he's... We can, we can obviously say he's out for this week against the Chargers and probably will not play week four either uh, against the Cardinals. And this now, too, is where um, having that late bye week certainly hurts the Panthers a little bit. You, this, is, this is a situation where you would have liked to have seen that bye week earlier in the season, uh, give him you know, an extra, extra week to rest without a game to prepare for. But as we know, the Panthers don't have their bye until week 13. So long way to go till we get there till we get to that. So um so those are obviously at least the two games we could say McCaffrey's going to miss. So maybe he'll be back uh week 5 against the Falcons, we'll see. But um so again, whatever multiple weeks means, but it, it's still an unfortunate turn of events, but fortunately it doesn't sound uh too serious uh but serious enough that he's going to miss some time so again that's so that was just kind of the the live reaction like i said as i just saw the the tweet from adam schefter christian mccaffrey will be out multiple weeks with that ankle injury so mike davis going to get plenty of work now at least for the next couple of games and again speaking of the next game that again that of course is at the la chargers who Lost on Sunday in a, a tough one. Uh, they were holding the Chiefs offense for quite a while. I mean, up until, what, a few minutes left in the game, the Chiefs had only scored nine points. Uh, the Chargers were up 17-9, and Justin Herbert had himself a, a pretty decent debut. Uh, I would say, I think, the first, first rookie to have a, a rush touchdown and a pass touchdown in his in the first half in his debut, I think they said the NFL history. So uh, not too shabby for the the sixth overall pick. The question now is, you know, because they were talking to Anthony Lynn and he said if Tyrod Taylor's ready to go next week, he'll be back in. So we'll, that'll obviously be something to track throughout the week is how does Tyrod Taylor practice and who ultimately gets the call to start a quarterback. Uh, like I said earlier... Um, you know, and again, the Chargers, of course, did end up losing in overtime, twenty-three to twenty, after uh, the Chiefs, after Patrick Mahomes made an incredible throw, uh, and then the two-point conversion following it to tie the game at seventeen, and then they both ended up with field goals, and then the Chiefs laid in overtime, kicked the. F- essentially kicked. Three game-winning field goals for the Chiefs to win the game. Uh, the first one was actually nullified by a false start penalty. The second one, the Chargers called timeout to ice him, and then he drilled the third one. And the first one was from 53, and then the last two were both from 58. So unofficially, he was 3 of 3 at the end. Officially, of course, it only counts as 1, but still. I mean, that's incredible to kick three field goals from that distance under all those circumstances. So uh, big ups to Harrison Butker and uh, getting the win there for the Chiefs. So the Chargers are 1-1. One one. They, of course, won their season opener over the Bengals, 16-13, although the Bengals nearly won that game late as well. So the Chargers could 
very easily be 0-2 right now, but of course they could also very easily be uh, 2-0. So, I mean, yeah, uh, thank you, Captain Obvious, right? That's pretty easy to say when the team's 1-1. So the Chargers, you know, they obviously can go uh, a couple of different ways, but um, you can tell at times, too, that they're missing Derwin James, which is another tough loss there so should be an interesting game like I said earlier that offensive line's got to step up because Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram they are going to be hunting down Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday and again now that Christian McCaffrey is out that's going to put more of the onus on Teddy Bridgewater and more of the onus on uh, some of these receivers but again you know it it was really good days on Sunday for DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson so they just got to continue uh, to step that up as well. So again, overall, ups and downs from this game, but certainly, again, still some positives to take away. So I like what the Panthers are building here. I'm excited for what the future builds or what the future could bring. You know, still some ways to go, but the pieces are there. The offense is there. Now everything has just got to click together. So... We'll see if we'll see if it starts to click on Sunday. It's going to be, you know, another tough one. Their first cross country trip, really, really kind of the only cross country trip if you think about it. Because uh, of course they have the two AFC West road games, but the other one is to Kansas City. That's obviously not a a cross country trip. You're only going to uh, half the country, and then of course their NFC West opponent Arizona comes to Carolina in Week Four. So really, this is the only big travel for the Carolina Panthers this season. Because then other than that, you're talking, um, you know, trips, of course, to New Orleans, Atlanta, uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, you know, so really mostly the middle of the country. But this will be the only long road trip that the Panthers have in 2020. So that's always a good thing. Um, and it'll be exciting to see them, of course, in the uh, – the brand new SoFi Stadium, which I mean, you know, even just from seeing it on TV, that obviously looks beautiful. So, I mean, I would hope it would be for $5 billion. So, excited to see them play there. And I'm um, excited to keep digging into the Chargers team. Of course, crossover this week as always. Uh, so, it should be David and myself uh, from Locked On Chargers. Uh, we had a good conversation back in March, if you remember, uh, if you remember back then. So, excited to talk to him. And uh, excited to talk about the Chargers this week. So, But the bottom line is that the Panthers are 0-2. Uh, one of, of course, only a handful of teams in the NFL that have gotten off to a 2-0 start. As We'll quick run through the NFC South as well. Uh, the Saints, of course, play tonight against the team that, of course, the Panthers just played last week. The Vegas Raiders, first NFL game in Las Vegas. So we'll see how that game goes. Obviously the Panthers lost to the Bucks. And then there's the Atlanta Falcons who did it once again. 20 to nothing first half and then they were leading 29 to 10 at halftime. And then with about 8 minutes left in the game, Falcons are up 39 to 24. And as I'm sure you guys have seen the highlights, you know what happened next. Cowboys scored. Actually, let me go back and and double check because it was a crazy, crazy turn of events toward the end. But the 
Falcons were up 39-24 with just under 8 minutes left after a 32-yard field goal from Young Hoku. Then with 4.57 left in the game, Dak Prescott hit Dalton Schultz for a 10-yard touchdown. They went for two to make it a 7-point game, and they failed. So that kept it a two-possession game. You would think at that point, you know, the Cowboys are still in a little bit of trouble because they're down by nine. You know, some I'm sure were saying, and I'm sure after they missed it, I'm sure Twitter was going nuts saying they should have just went for the extra point, making an eight-point game. The, the Cowboys got the ball back, went down the field, and then Dak Prescott um, in really a quick, I mean, nine plays, 91 yards in just 68 seconds, which was just absolutely uh, incredible. I mean, you will look at that, uh, you know, because the, the Cowboys forced the punt after just five plays on the Falcons. And then Cowboys took over late in the game. 11 yards, 11 yard pass to Amari Cooper, and then a three yard pass to Zeke Elliott. Uh, but then the big one, a 47 yard pass from Dak Prescott to, to Brown, plus an illegal blindside block. Well, actually, there was a, a illegal blindside block on CeeDee Lamb. So that's kept the Cowboys at, the, at their own 43 yard line. But then a 14-yard pass to C.D. Lamb get, uh, put the Cowboys into uh, Falcons territory. And then the big play, Dak Prescott to Michael Gallup for 38 yards, putting the Falcons or putting the Cowboys at the 5-yard line. And then three plays later, or a couple of plays later, Dak Prescott up the gut for a 1-yard touchdown. So they got the touchdown, they got the extra point, that made it 39-37. And then, of course, the crazy onside kick recovered by Dallas. And then about six plays later, Greg Zerline kicks the game-winning last-second field goal to give the Falcons the win, 40-39. So the Falcons had a 20-point lead in the first half. A 19-point lead at halftime and a 15-point lead with eight minutes left, and they blew it. They became the first team ever to score in 441 games, mind you. The, the stat was teams were 440 and 0 all time since turnovers began being tracked in 1933. Teams were 440 and 0. When scoring at least 39 points and having zero turnovers. The Atlanta Falcons just became the first team to lose a game while doing that. So the Falcons, like the Panthers, are now off to an 0-2 start. So again, looking at the teams now that are 0-2. The New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Houston Texans. Um, but I mean, a lot of teams are going to start 0-2 when you're facing the Chiefs, and the Ravens uh, to start the season. Uh, the Denver Broncos, those are the AFC teams. And then in the NFC, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Minnesota Vikings, surprisingly, the Detroit Lions, the Falcons, the Panthers, and then that's it. Those are the teams that are 0-2 uh, to start the season. Obviously, we won't have an 0-2 team after tonight, because the Saints and Raiders, of course, both won their openers. But those are the teams. Uh, so, again, the, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Texans, the Broncos, 
the Giants, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Lions, the Falcons, and the Panthers. Those are the teams that are off to an 0-2 start. So, uh, in a sense, there's your battle, I guess, at least early on, uh, for some of the top draft picks uh, in the NFL. Some of these teams should turn it around, uh, like the Eagles, like the Vikings. We expect them to turn it around. A uh, team like the Giants, though, of course, a big blow to them. Uh, Saquon Barkley, of course, out for the season with that ACL tear. I mean, what a, you know, fortunately for Christian McCaffrey, it's only an ankle injury and he's only out a couple weeks. The Giants, of course, suffered a brutal blow. And then, boy, uh, the Panthers don't play this team, of course, this season. But, you know, if they would have played them in the next couple of weeks, they could have caught them at a really good time. But no team was bit by the injury bug more than the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo ends up with a high ankle sprain, so he's probably out at least a month, maybe a month and a half. So Nick Mullins is going to get the start next week against the Giants. Um, Raheem Mostert has an MCL sprain, and then both Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa tore their ACLs on Sunday. So the so especially on the defensive line, the Niners got brutalized with injuries. But again, they also lost their starting quarterback. So you're talking in a, in a matter of a couple hours, the 49ers lost arguably the two biggest franchise centerpieces in Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Bosa. And again, you add uh, Solomon Thomas and... Uh, Raheem Mostert to that list, and of course they were already without George Kittle, who didn't play on Sunday with an injury as well. So, you know, while it sucks that the Panthers have lost Christian McCaffrey for a couple of weeks, just remember it could always be worse. You can unfortunately could have suffered the fate that the 49ers did on Sunday. So, but again, they don't play the 49ers, so uh, they don't get to see them, but I just wanted to kind of make that note a little bit so crazy day in the NFL and uh, of course week two wraps up tonight with Saints Raiders and then week three kicks off Thursday with the Dolphins against the Jaguars and then 405 on CBS is the Panthers against the Chargers so we'll get you ready for that throughout the week but I think that's going to be a good spot to wrap it up here on this Monday edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys tuning in and spending some of your day with me. Hope you guys have a great start to your week, a great rest of your Monday, and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. We'll see you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.